This is Join the Crowd Radio. Join the Crowd.com. What's up? It's your boy JoinTheCrowd.com. This is episode 20 of the Join the Crowd Radio series. How I listen to Hov. Big salute to Z. You know, right now he got the world buzzing with his verse off the God Did the J. Khaled song. So we created this playlist a while back. I mean, 12. 17 2019 so yeah like around december of 2019 is when we put this playlist together and i just want to give you you know we get into it to talk about you know, this playlist and this was around the time jay was turning 50 so i said to celebrate jay turning 50 our legendary rapper and businessman has decided to put this music back to the Spotify streaming platform. So we decided to create a playlist around the celebration, starting from his first album, Reasonably Doubt, to his latest album, 444, giving you a musical timeline of our favorite records from each and every album. This is a little over four hours and 60 songs, some of the best Jigger verses ever, with dope features from Mary J. Blige to Big Hitter, UGK, and great production with the likes of Swiss Beats to Pharrell and Tim Wayne. Come take this musical journey with us as we zone out to the best of Sean Corey Carter. And basically what I'm saying is I'm going through those albums and picking my favorite songs, songs that the world loves, songs that hit the charts through each section of each album. And this is how I listen to old. So the first song off this playlist is going to be Can't Knock the Hustle by Jay-Z. It was track number one off of Reason Without. It features Mary J. Blige. It was released August 27, 1996. And it was produced by Dahil Darian, Sean C., and Nobody. Can't Knock the Hustle was released as the third single from Jay-Z's debut album, Reason Without. It featured guest appearances from R&B superstar Mary J. Blige. She got on the track as a favor to her friend Danny Dash, and she was paid $10,000 in cash from paper bag. My label didn't allow her to appear in the music video. Mary sang portions of Melissa Morgan's first version of the 1986 track, Fool's Paradise, for the chorus, and the beat was sampled from Marcus Miller's Much Too Much. Jay also released the Fool's Paradise remix with the guest appearance from Melissa Morgan. That's so fucking dope, bro. They literally gave Mary 10 stacks in a brown paper bag, like on some street shit. Next song off this playlist is going to be Brooklyn's Finest by Jay-Z. It's track number three off of Reason Without, features the notorious B.I.G. It was produced by Clark Kent and it was released June 25th, 1996. Two of Brooklyn's finest, Biggie and Jay-Z, collaborate over a DJ Clark Kent track around a sample from Ecstasy by the Ohio Players. Clark detailed how the track came together in an interview with Complex, saying Biggie wanted to be for himself, but ended up coming to Jay's studio session where they met and collaborated for the first time. Next song off this playlist is going to be Dead Presidents 2 by Jay-Z. It was track number four for Reason of Doubt. It was produced by Ski Beats and it was released February 20th, 1996. Dead Presidents 2 is about getting money that has drawings of Dead Presidents on it. Next song off this playlist is going to be Eat No Nigga by Jay-Z. It's track number 9 off of Reason of Doubt. It features Foxy Brown. It was produced by Jazzo. March 26, 1996. Jay-Z put his own twist on the four top Ain't No Woman Like The One I Got to create the second single off Reason Without. The clean version is Ain't No Play. The song got Jay-Z in his earliest taste of national recognition of Irv Gotti and Lear Cohen got the song used in another professor. This is also the song that caught Def Jam's attention and led them to invest in Rockefeller. Next song off the split list is going to be The City Is Mine by Jay-Z. It was track number two off In My Lifetime by One Album. It features Black Street, which was produced by Tim Riley, and it was released February 3rd, 1998. The City Is Mine is the third single from rapper Jay-Z's sophomore album, In My Lifetime by One. It features vocals from R&B, popular group Black Street, and production from the group's founding member and fame creator of the New Jack Swing, Java, Teddy Riley. Riley sampled You Gonna Make Me Love Somebody Else by the Jones Girls from the track's beat. While Backstreet articulated the Miami Vice hit single You Belong to the City by Glenn Frey and Jack Chipman from the hook. The City Is Mine had a little commercial success reaching 52 on the Billboard Hot 100 and 38 on the UK single charts. However, it was panned by critics for its commercial nature, as were many other tracks on Viral. Next song off this playlist is going to be Streets Is Watching by Jay-Z. It was track number five off of In My Lifetime by One Album. It was produced by Ski Beats and it was released November 4th, 1997. 
Street Just Watson is a track on Jay-Z's 1997 sophomore album, In My Lifetime, Volume 1, and is the title track of the soundtrack to his 1988 movie, Street Just Watching. One similarity between rap stars and drug kingpins is that everybody is always keeping an eye on them. Jay-Z struggles with being both, and the thing that runs heavily through his song is how frustrated he is at not being able to kill his enemies on the streets because of his fame. Next song off this track list is going to be Always Be My Sunshine by Jay-Z. It's track number eight off the My Lifetime Volume 1 album. It features Babyface and Foxy Brown. And it was produced by Devin Prestige Vanderpool. And it was released on November 4th, 1997. Always Be My Sunshine was the second single from Jay-Z's sophomore album, in My Lifetime Volume 1. Released September 16th, 1997. It features a guest version of his then frequent collaborator, Foxy Brown, and RB singer songwriter Babyface on the track's chorus. Produced by David Prestige, Randy Poole, the track samples, MC's Light, Cha Cha Cha, Alexander O'Neill, Sunshine, Craftworks, The Man, Machine, and the Fearless Forge Rocking. The song peaked at number 5 on Billboard's Hot 116 on their Hot Rap single chart. The song lyrics and sound indicated by Jay-Z's change from his mafioso rap style to the commercial style requested by his new partner that Def Jam recorded. The song wasn't well received by critics and many longtime fans, but it did give hold regular airplay on MTV, which in the 90s was a tremendous deal in the music industry. Next song off this playlist is going to be Face Off by Jay-Z. It's track number 10 off the In My Lifetime Volume 1 album. It features Sauce Money. It was produced by the Trackmasters and it was released November 4th, 1997. Face Off was part of the mutually beneficial relationship Jay had with Sauce Money at the time. Although the underground rapper isn't gifted a verse on this track, it's a hard-edged gangster tune with Jay speaking directly to his consumer and Brooklyn family. The uncensored music video features Jay and his rider for the crew living lavishly with naked women and expensive champagne the main event. He uses the evening as a way to lure a disloyal member of this crew into a false sense of security before cornering and killing them. So if you've seen the streets just watching movie, you'll know where that whole concept is coming from. Because it was pretty much a movie of music videos from certain Jay-Z songs, which was, you know, pretty dope at the time. And that was just the pretty honestly piggyback off the lackluster success of In My Lifetime Volume 1. He needed something to, you know, get back in touch with the streets with. And it worked tremendously. Next song off this playlist is going to be Where I'm From by Jay-Z. It's track number 13 off the In My Lifetime Volume 1 album. It was produced by Amin Ra, Derek Angeletti, and it was released on November 4th, 1997. The release date is pretty much the release date for the album after certain singles. I said this is how I listen to Hove, so I'm picking my favorite songs off these albums. So if you hear the release date repeating, it's because that's the release of the album, not the actual song. Where I'm From will forever stand as one of Jay's most evocative songs, providing the listener a detailed, rich, and deeply sad portrait of the Marcy houses we grew up. This track and the message by Grandmaster Flash and Furious Five describe the spirit of the ghetto like no other. Next song off this playlist is going to be Hard Knock Life Ghetto Anthem by Jay-Z. It was track number two off the volume two Hard Knock Life album. It was produced by DJ Mark 45 King and it was released September 29th, 1998. The song that made Jay-Z a superstar. Famously sampling It's a Hard Knock Life from the Annie movie. Jay raps about his rags and riches story. Slightly different from the Annie's, Jay-Z transposes this into a song about how he overcame life in the ghetto to achieve massive success. Next song off display this is going to be Nigga What, Nigga Who, originated in 99 by Jay-Z. It was track number five off the Hard Knock Life album. It features Jazzo and Amir when it was produced by Timbaland and it was released March 1st, 1999. This track finds Jay-Z linking with his early rap mentor Jazzo for a sequel to one of their first collaborations. With the hook being delivered by one of Rockefeller Records' newest signees, Amir, produced by Freakin' Hole collaborator Timbaland, the track samples Earth, Wind & Fire, Sunshine, and players cheers to you. The track is commonly known as Jigga What, Jigga Who, to confirm censorship regulations. Released on March 1st, 1999, as the fourth official single from Ho's third studio album. It peaked at 23 on the Billboard Hot 100 R&B hip-hop singles, tracks, and also number 84 on the Billboard Hot 100. Next song off this playlist is going to be Money Cash Holy by Jay-Z. It's track number six off the volume two Hard Knock Life album. It features DMX and was produced by Swiss Beats and was released November 4th, 1998. It samples the Thief of Theme from the 1989 Sega game Golden X. Wow. Golden X? That's crazy. That's what that sample came from. 
Next song off this playlist is going to be Can I Get It by Jay-Z. It's track number nine off the prior to Hard Knock Life album. It features Emil and Ja Rule. It was produced by Irv Gotti and it was released September 29, 1998. Under producer Irv Gotti's watchful eye, Hope employees New Rockefeller Records Sammy Emil to respond to his claims with her own concerns about the other sex and gives a young Ja Rule a chance to provide his personal impressions of females. Containing a sample of Outkast's Get Up, Get Out, Can I Get His Notable, popularizing Jai and Emil, as well as become one of Hope's most commercially successful singles at the time, peaking at number 19 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 6 on the Billboard Hot R&B Hip Hop singles and tracks. The track was first released in September 1998 as a single on the Def Jam's Rush Hour soundtrack and promotion of the hit film Rush Hour. It would later be included on Hope's third studio album, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Next song off this playlist is going to be Reservoir Dogs by Jay-Z. It was track number 11 off the Y.M. 2 Hard Knock Life album. It features The Locks, Beanie Seagull, and Sauce Money. It was produced by Eric Sermon, and it was released September 29th, 1998. When you got Sheik, Jadakiss, Styles, Sauce Money, Jay-Z, and Beanie Seagull all on the song together, you know you're getting nothing but bars. Street-level bars. You see what I'm saying? Like, one of my favorite songs off the album. I just gotta give credit where credit is due. Next song off this playlist is gonna be Money Ain't a Thing. This was actually originally Jermaine Dupree's song. She put it on his album as well. And uh, you can go back and forth and listen to it. You can tell that it's both of their songs. You can tell it was originally Jermaine Dupree's song featuring Jay Z. Jay Z said, you know what, I'm gonna put this on Hard Knock Life Volume 2. As you know, as if Jermaine Dupree was featured on my song. So it was produced by Jermaine Dupree and was released September 29th, 1998. Some would say this is kind of like a bonus track for Ho's album, being that it was originally Jermaine Dupree's song. But if you listen to where he has it placed on the album, it flows right with the project. So I think that's dope. The track peaked at number 10 on Billboard's Hot 100 RB and Pop Singles and was nominated for the Best Rap Performance by a Duo Group at the 41st Grammy Awards. Tough, right? Next song off this playlist is going to be Do It Again, Put Your Hands Up by Jay-Z. It was track number three off of Byron 3 Life and Times as Carter. It features Emil and Beanie Seagull. It was produced by Brock Wilder and was released December 28th, 1999. You know the wrist frost bit minor two degrees. Yo, Jay was killing it on this shit, yo. Next song off this playlist is going to be Big Pimpin' by Jay-Z. It was track number 11 off of Byron 3 Life and Times as Carter. It features UGK, it was produced by Timberland, and was released December 28th, 1999. This track is an ode to the pimping lifestyle, that is, sex with girls without becoming emotionally attached to them. Produced by Timberland, it is notable as one of the first songs where Southern rap truly broke into the mainstream with the appearance of Texas native Bum D and MC, known together as Underground Kings, in other words, UGK. The track is one of Jay-Z's most successful singles, peaking at number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. It's been in 20 weeks on the chart. It ranked at number 467 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest songs of all time. In 2004, the track had a chart resurgence when it featured Jay and Lincoln Park's Collision Course mashup album. Despite the song's commercial success, Hove nowadays seems to be embarrassed by the song. Next song off this playlist is going to be Is That Your Bitch? Jay-Z, it was track number 18 off of Byron 3 The Life and Times as Card. It features Twister and Missy Elliott, it was produced by Timberland, and it was released December 28th, 1998. Crazy thing about the song is that there's also a Memphis Bleak version featuring Missy Elliott that's called Is That Your Chick? So, this song is getting <laughs> replay value, double the royalties from the Jay-Z version and the Memphis Bleak version. Missy Elliott's on both of them, and it's produced by Timberland, so I think that's pretty dope. It's kind of slick too when you think about it. Next song off this playlist is going to be I Just Wanna Love You, Give It To Me by Jay-Z. It was track number three off the Dynasty Rap by Familiar album. It features Pharrell. It was produced by the Neptunes and it was released August 17, 2000. The lead single from Jay-Z's fifth album, The Dynasty Rap by Familiar, was produced by the Neptunes and features a chorus sung by Pharrell Williams, Shay Haley, and Amelia Sparks also made an uncredited contribution to the track. The track was the first single to reach number one on Billboard's Hot 100 chart and peaked at number 11 on the Hot 100 for Jay-Z. During a spot on Bill Maher's talk show, Jay revealed the song was based on a true story about events that occurred during a May 4, 2000 birthday party for Kamari Simmons, the ex-wife of Def Jam's co-founder Russell Simmons. The chorus samples Rick James' 1981 chart-topping dance hit, Give It To Me, Baby. 
Give it to me, baby. <laughs> That's so crazy, yo. That's so crazy. Next song off this playlist is going to be This Can't Be Life by Jay-Z. It was track number five off the Dynasty Rock by Familiar album. It features Beanie Siegel and Scarface. It was produced by Kanye West and it was released August 31st, 2000. On This Can't Be Life, Jay-Z, Beanie Siegel and Scarface present their most pensive and mournful selves, openly wondering if there's any point to living through pain. Scarface's heartbreaking guest verse is often thought of as one of the best of all time. The beat is the first ever produced by Kanye West for his big brother. It is a West Soul sampling classic built around how Melvin and the Blue Notes I miss you. The drums are sampled directly from Dr. Dre's Explosive. Kanye West discussed the process of creating the beat in his song, Last Call. Next song off this playlist is going to be Wanna Hunna Hustler by Jay-Z. It's track number 12 of the Dynasty Rock Rock Familiar album. It features Beanie Siegel, Memphis Bleak, and the Freeway. It was produced by Bank and it was released August 31st, 2000. A great song, mainly notable for two things. It's the first appearance on the Rockefeller song by Future Label Signing Freeway, and it's updating of the Convicts 1991 song, Why Not $100 Crew. Hip-hop was one who formed the rock hustler concept after hearing the Convicts track. This banger was produced by Bink and samples Ain't Gonna Happen by Tim Will Drive and Jimmy Raven. Bink bought the sample record at a yard sale for $5 in Norfolk, Virginia. The song is also notable for being a keystone in the rift between Bink and former Rockefeller companion Jeff Blaze, with the former claiming that the other bit his style and based his future sound on it. By recording the one out hunter hustle, they mistakenly wrapped over the parts with the horns coming in that Bink intended to be the hook. They used the parts he intended to be the verses with the choir to do the phone operator skits. Bink is also the voice of murder, death, kill, homicide, nigga, and skits. Wow. So if you've never known that, you've known that now. And this is why I wanted to put these playlists together so that way you can delve into the songs, delve into the production, delve into the concepts of the songs, the ideas behind the songs, the people involved with the songs. That's the whole point of Playlist of Life. That's the whole point of giving you these ideas that it's not just a record, it's deeper than a record. There's people behind it, there's producers behind it, there's executives behind it, there's thought processes behind it. And that's why we up to episode 20 with the 27 that we got. And I just wanted to make sure that my hoodie being out there get the insight into each and every one of these songs and each and every one of these playlists. Next song off this playlist is going to be Takeover by Jay-Z. It was track number two off the Blueprint album. It was produced by Kanye West and it was released September 11, 2001. Jay-Z's This Song aimed at Mob Deep and Nas. This song is better remembered for its Nas this as it catalyzed the long-running and epic Jay-Z Nas beef. The first two verses were debuted at a New York City radio station Hot 97 Summer Jam concert, complete with the childhood picture of Mob Deep's prodigy and 80s MJ-inspired dance gear. The brilliant beat is sampled from Five the One by The Doors and KRS's One Sound of the Police. Takeover was the first song Young Guru ever makes for Jay-Z, beginning a long and fruitful relationship. Where we at, Goo? Where we at, Goo? <laughs> Next song off this playlist is going to be Izzo HOVA by Jay Z. Most track number three off the blueprint. It was produced by Kanye West and it was released September 11, 2001. As a first single from his classic, The Blueprint album, Izzo was Ho's very first top 10 showing on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The first verse deals with the rapper's early career as a drug dealer, including his escape from conviction. The second verse narrates his struggles with the exploitive record industry, while in the last verse he reversed to his childhood growing up in the Marcy housing project. The track lyrics H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo, uses the Izzo language code invented by E-40 and popularized by Snoop Dogg to spell out H-O-V-A, which refers to one of Jay-Z's nicknames, Hova, which is a play on God's name as in Jehovah, aka Yahweh, aka Hashim. Crazy. H to the Izzo, V to the Izzo. Next song off this playlist is going to be Girls, Girls, Girls by Jay-Z. It was track number four off the Blueprint album, produced by Jess Blaze, and it was released October 2nd, 2001. Girls, Girls, Girls is the second single from Jay-Z's sixth studio album, The Blueprint. The song gives a detailed, almost comical description of the many women who play a part in Ho's promiscuous lifestyle. The song peaked at number 17 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Produced by Jess Blaze, the track contains a sample of There's Nothing in the World That Can't Stop Me From Loving You by Tom Brock. Just had originally produced a track from Ghostface Killer. The chorus features a lyrical interpolation of high power rap by Crash Crew and uncredited additional vocals by Michael Jackson, Q-Tip, Slip, Rick, and Biz Martin. Dope, 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 dope. 
Next song off this playlist is going to be Jigga That Nigga by Jay-Z. It was track number five off the Blueprint album. It was produced by the Trackmasters. It was released January 29, 2002. The third single from the Blueprint featuring production by Trackmasters. It was actually one of the first records he recorded for the album, the tone of Trackmasters said. Jigga My Nigga wasn't done for Jay. It was done for MC Light. When we finished it, I thought it was more for Jay. When I was recording it, Shaka Zulu and his wife were in the studio. Jay vocaled the record twice, actually. He vocaled it the first time, and I thought it was a hit. Then I left, and three days later, he was like, yo, I did the rhymes over. You're going to love it like this, I promise you. That's crazy. So Jay recorded it once, and then re-recorded it with all new verses. And that's the record that we have today. You could just imagine what those original verses sound like that. You know, that's something that you keep in the vault. Or he might have got erased, who never knows, you know, but it's definitely dope to know the backstory to a lot of these songs that a lot of people don't know about. You know, you hear the record and you think that's just the, the record, it was that, you know, but it's always some dope stories behind it. And that's the point of playing this life, giving you those insights, those backstories. And that's why I decided to put this together. Next song off this playlist is going to be Heart of the City and New Love by Jay-Z. It was track number eight off the blueprint. It was produced by Kanye West and it was released September 11th, 2001. Kanye West samples Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City by Bobby Blueprint. According to Complex, Jay wanted this to be the first single off the blueprint. Kanye stated in last call that he originally wanted to give the beat DMX and he later told Vibe that Jay version originally featured R. Kelly singing on it. Each verse starts in a similar way. Jay recalling the demise of successful entertainers. He reflects on how it seems everyone is waiting for Jay's downfall. Hence, he ain't feeling the love. Ain't no love in the heart of the city. Ain't no love in the heart of town. Banger. Next song off this playlist is going to be Song Cry by Jay-Z. It was track number 10 off the Blueprint album. It was produced by Just Blaze and it was released May 8th, 2002. Song Cry is an emotional ballad in which Jay describes the pain of long-term relationships ending, caused by his professional schedule and personal philandering. Since his pride and masculinity don't allow him to really show his emotion, he employs the tear-jerking lyrics to do it instead. Asked whether the track was about a specific girl, Jay told Dumar the content was formed from three different relationships. This song is the third episode in the progression of Jay's portrayal of women in his raps. You got a thing about Ain't No Nigga, Big Pimpin', and then you got Song Cry. And then later on, you get Bonnie and Clyde, you get Venus versus Mars. So there's a steady growth in his conversations that, you know, being had it pertains to women. You know, as we grow, we go through certain situations. So Jay is just basically chronologically giving us his experiences with women through his albums, through his songs. Next song off this playlist is gonna be O3 Bonnie and Clyde by Jay-Z. It was track number four off the Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. It features Beyonce, it was produced by Kanye West, and it was released October 10th, 2002. In their first musical collaboration, Jay-Z and Beyonce put their own spin on Tupac's classic, Me and My Girlfriend, only with the twist. While Tupac was referring to his gun, Jay's talking about his actual girlfriend. Due to the track's content, it was the first indication of Jay and Bay's romantic status, spawning rumors about a burgeoning relationship. The track reached number four on the Billboard Hot 100, was at the time Beyonce's highest charting single as a solo artist. Next song off this playlist is going to be Excuse Me Miss by Jay-Z. It was track number five off the Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. It features Pharrell Williams and it was produced by the Neptunes and it was released February 4th, 2003 as an early Jay-Z subliminal love letter to his current wifey. Next song off this playlist is going to be December 4th by Jay-Z. It was track number two off the Black Album. It was produced by Jazz Blaze and it was released November 14th, 2003. December 4th is Jay-Z's lyrical autobiography based around distinct phases in his life. He rounds about his birth on December 4th, his days as a drug dealer, and his transition to world-famous rapper all over a beat by one of his go-to producers, Just Blaze. The beat sample Shadowlight's 1974 track, That's How Long, while Jay-Z's mother, Gloria Carter, narrates the stories behind every verse. That's so, so dope, man. Jay said in the 2010 memoir on Decoded, he relays the message of the song. Ultimately, the point of this song is that I don't blame anyone. I'm just trying to explain myself, tell you why I'm this way. This is my story, and I'm willing to own it. Gotta love that, man. Next song off this playlist is going to be Encore by Jay-Z. It was track number four off the Black Album, which was produced by Kanye West. 
and it was released on April 14th, 2003. Jay-Z kills the job turkeys like it's Thanksgiving. The production features vocals by John Legend, Don Crawley, GLC, and Kanye West. A family sing-along. Kanye samples the trumpet intro to John Ho's cover of the Beatles, I Will. The song has since been sampled by countless crossover acts like Linkin Park and the European DJ JDA, for example. I call, do you want more? Cook and roll with the Brooklyn Ball. <laughs> Next song off this playlist is going to be Chains Closed by Jay-Z. It's track number five off the Black Album. It features Pharrell Williams and it was produced by the Neptunes and it was released November 4th, 2003. This song is an ode to dressing better and losing throwback jerseys. The message is so powerful that it's actually had the NBA commissioner, David Stern himself, begging hope to tell people to change clothes back after a decline in jersey sales. <laughs> That's crazy. So the song was so hot. Motherfuckers was getting rid of their jerseys, throwing on their button-ups and their fitteds, you know, rocking their jeans, looking on some uh, prestigious gangster glory type shit. And David Stern was telling people, yo, we got to get back to wearing these jerseys. Our jersey sales is going low. Jay-Z doesn't, you know, change the, the whole game with telling people to change clothes out of the jerseys. That's hilarious, man. Because isn't this the same David Stern who was saying that the NBA players needed to start wearing suits? They were coming to the games. I like Irison, trust that street thugs or gangsters or hip hop artists. So it's crazy to hear this. And like I said, again, this is why I put these playlists together. This is why I put these episodes together for Join the Crowd Radio so we can tap into the origins and the ideas and the concepts and what was happening as these songs were being played, as these songs were being made, and as these songs were running through the charts and being affected by people, whether it be the everyday people, sports world, entertainment world, you know, this is the whole point of, you know, Join the Crowd Radio and Cleveland's Life, so I'm just happy to bring this to you because nobody else is doing this. Next song off this playlist is going to be Dead Off Your Shoulder by Jay-Z. It was track number six off the Black Album, which was produced by Timberland, and it was released March 2nd, 2003. If you feeling like a pimp, nigga, calm, brush your shoulders off. Ladies, it's pimp too, go. Oh, man, that shit was a fire. This was actually the second single released from Jay-Z's 2003 Black Album. In 2004, the song was combined with Linkin Park's single, Liar From You, and released as a single for the mashup album, Collision Course. In the song, Dirt represents the people who are trying to bring him down and are jealous of his success. Jay-Z expounds on his compliments and his lavish lifestyle and knows that these disparaging types are nothing more than dirt and he must easily, easily just brush off his shoulder. Next song off this playlist is going to be 99 Problems by Jay-Z. It was track number 9 off the Black Album, which was produced by Rick Rubin and was released November 4th, 2003. In Decoded, which is Jay-Z's book, Jay states he used 99 problems to confuse critics and point out their own ignorance by hiding a deeper story behind a superficial chorus. The chorus hook, I Got 99 Problems, But a Bitch Ain't One, is taken from the Ice-T single 99 Problems from the album Home Division, released in 1993. The hook was coined during a conversation between Ice-T and brother Marquise of Miami-based 2 Live Crew. Jay went old school for the beat. He linked with Dash Jam Recordings co-founder Rick Rubin, who was a key producer of similar hard-hitting beats from Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and other early rap icons. The song samples the classic breakbeat from Billy Squire's Big Beat, popping with many tunes from that area. Crazy, so The video became controversial for its ending, where Jay gets shot in a metaphorical end to his rap career. The clip was only aired with the disclaimer, which MTV's head of programming defended it as an artistic value. That is crazy. I remember that video, I thought it was dope. I mean, I, I grasped the whole concept of it, but I guess at the time, people were just not feeling it. There's a lot of people that enjoyed it, that got the concept, but the overall aspect of it, a lot of people just wasn't you know, feeling that Jay was allowing himself to be shot up in the music video. But I'm one of the few who got it. Next song off this playlist is going to be Lucifer by Jay-Z. It was track number 12 off the Black Album. It was produced by Kanye West. It was released November 14th, 2003. Lucifer is one of the standout tracks off the Black Album produced by Jay-Z's friend and frequent collaborator Kanye West. The song heavily relies on religious and biblical references, which can be alluded to from the actual song's title. That beat was crazy. Next song off this playlist is going to be My First Song by Jay-Z. It was track number 14 for the Black Album. 
It was produced by Aqua and Joe Three H Weinberger, and it was released on November 14, 2003. My first song at the final track in Jay-Z's 2003 retirement album was used as Hove reference as a reasonable doubt era flow. The concept of the track was inspired by the Biggie interview sampled at the top, which Hove recording it in the mindset of this being his first ever song. That's actually the last song on the album, but it's really the first song. It's about having the same focus throughout your whole career, about me treating my first song like my last and my last song like my first. Next song off this playlist is going to be Show Me What You Got by Jay-Z. It's track number four off the Kingdom Come album. It was produced by Just Blaze, and it was released October 6, 2006. Show Me What You Got. The first single from his comeback album, Kingdom Come, Show Me What You Got, was released October 30, 2006, just under a month before the album. The song heavily draws from Public Enemy, Show Me What You Got. It leaked to radio on October 6th with Def Damn taking new action to track down the perpetrators. The track officially premiered at the Lexus Halftime Show during Monday Night Football in October 2006. The music video features racing drivers Daniel Kirkpatrick and Dell Hart Jr. as well as Jay's newest endorsement of the Ace of Spades Champagne. And that's right before he bought the Ace of Spades Champagne. But then, in turn, sold 50% of it to the LVMH group, which houses Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, amongst other things. Next song off this playlist is gonna be Lost One by Jay-Z, which track number five off the Kingdom Come album. It features Chrisette Michelle, which was produced by Dr. Dre and Mark Batson, and was released November 21st, 2006. Jay-Z describes different situations in which he has lost something. The first verse is about losing his business partners, the second about a girlfriend, and the third about his nephew. This song samples Mel and Tim's Keep the Faith and features vocalist Chrisette Michelle singing the hook. The music video features Jay cruising in the 8 million Maybach, rumored to be Birdman's. It was the second single from the record released on December 4th, 2006, Jay's birthday. In 2004, Dre told Scratch Magazine he had been studying classical piano, and this beat is the fruit of that labor. You just lost one. This song was fire. The last one, Chrisette Michelle voice was just so beautiful on this song, man. Dope video, too. I don't know about that car being Birdman stuff, but I know that motherfucking $8 million car was sitting in that video looking pretty, and everybody was hyped about it when it dropped. Next song off this playlist is gonna be Hello Brooklyn 2.0 by Jay-Z. It was track number four of the American Gangsta album. It features Lil Wayne. It was produced by Big D, and it was released November 6, 2007. Hello Brooklyn is the fourth track on Jay-Z's 2007 album, American Gangsta. It contains a sample from the B-Boy part of the suite that closed out Beastie Boys album's Paul's Boutique. It entitled Hello Brooklyn to Neo because the spiritual child that originally Hello Brooklyn from Paul's Boutique. It is the first collaboration between Jay and Big D as well as being the first official collaboration between Jay and Lil Wayne. Both artists attribute feminine, humanistic qualities to the borough of Brooklyn, weaving a romantic narrative around traditional hood landmarks. Next song off this playlist is going to be Rock Boys and the Winner Is by Jay-Z. It was track number six off American Gangster. It was produced by Sean C and LV and Diddy and it was released October 10th, 2007. Rock Boys and the Winner Is is the second single from Jay-Z's 10th studio album, American Gangster. On the track, Hole celebrates street corner capitalism and takes a chance to give a toast to his cohorts and the customers in both rap and drug games. The track peaked at number 63 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart and Rolling Stone magazine named it the best song of 2007. Next song off this playlist is going to be DOA, Death with Auto-Tune by Jay-Z. It was track number three off the Blueprint album, which was produced by No ID and was released September 8th, 2009. The Blueprint's three first single was a straight up attack on the overuse of auto-tune in the music industry. The title was a play on the term DOA, which traditionally means death on arrival. It was used to send a message and draw a line in the sand about where rap was and where it should be going. Notably to fit the declaration of the track on this song, there was no auto-tune at all in Blueprint 3. Jay-Z and Kanye West had a great awakening to the evils of auto-tune while making the album. They decided to dedicate a single to the cause and went back and embraced all the auto-tune that they had already used. Jay-Z has said the auto-tune screed was inspired by Kanye suggesting that they collaborate on something hard to match. The song stirred up lots of controversy with haters saying that Jay was too old and out of touch while supporters stuck behind him and completely agreed with the message. One person that didn't agree with the message was T-Pain because he felt like it was clearly directed at him. Kind of messed up some money for him, kind of messed up his career at the time. 
and he always had a great with Jay-Z about that. But hey, sometimes you get caught up in the line of fire when you got a, a lyrical MC like Jay-Z speaking on certain subjects. You know, Death of Auto-Tune was one of my favorite songs. I thought the beat was dope, I thought the concept was dope, I thought the idea was dope. I was inspired when that shit dropped. There was a point where all of was just overwhelming, overpowering the music industry. Everybody was using it. So when Jay dropped this, it was just like, boom, get that shit out of here. <laughs> Next song off this playlist is going to be Run This Town by Jay-Z. It's track number four off the Blueprint 3. It features Kanye West and Rihanna. It was produced by No ID and Kanye West and it was released September 8th, 2009. Three principal artists of Jay-Z's new form Rock Nation record label, Kanye West, Rihanna, and Move himself announced to the world that they were going to town. Jay explained the clear nature of the track in the interview with Tim Westwood saying, We basically run this town. It's myself, Rihanna, and Kanye. That's pretty much it. The song made his radio debut on July 4th, 2009 at line 11 to coincide with the album's premiere release date of September 11th, 2009. Rihanna's contribution was her first musical appearance following a domestic altercation with her then-ex-boyfriend Chris Brown earlier that year. Run This Town was a highly successful single for Hole, peaking at number two on the Global Hot 100 and topping the charts in the United Kingdom. Officially, it has been certified two times platinum by the RIAA, with Billboard estimating sales of 3,490,000. Incredible. Who gonna run this town tonight? The beat was crazy. All the verses was crazy. The hook was crazy. The video was crazy. Man, I was hoping that these three was gonna put an album together, man. Crazy thing is, right now, all three of them billionaires with something Hove envisioned, something that he spoke about later on on that uh, DJ Khaled guy did song. So it's just dope how that full circle comes around as a full circle. Next song off this playlist is going to be Empire State of Mind by Jay-Z. It's track number five off the Blueprint 3. It features Alicia Keys. It was produced by Janet Sewell, Angela Hunter, and Al Shucks. And it was released October 20th, 2009. Empire State of Mind stands one of Ho's most successful singles. It was the first Jay-Z-led single to ever top the Billboard's Hot 100, sitting at number one for five consecutive weeks, also being the last number one in 2000. It has been certified five times multi-platinum by the RIAA for sales over 5.5 million in the United States. The track was nominated for three Grammy Awards, winning Best Rap Song and Best Rap Song Collaboration. Incredible. Next song off this playlist is going to be On to the Next One by Jay-Z, track number seven off the Blueprint 3 album. It features Swiss Beats and it was also produced by Swiss Beats and it was released September 8th, 2009. The song's themes mirror and best accomplished the purpose of the album to showcase Hope as the major trendsetter in hip hop. Produced by longtime collaborator Swiss Beats, the song contains a voice sample of the words under the spotlight, manipulated by Swiss to sound like Born to the Next One, as well as background synthesizer sound on the live version of Justin's song Dance. It was one of the last tracks recorded for Blueprint 3. I'm on to the next one, on to the next one. I love this song, man. The video was dope, too. Next song off this playlist is going to be Venus vs. Mars by Jay-Z. It was track number 10 off the Blueprint 3. It was produced by Timbaland and J-Rock, and it was released September 8, 2009. In this Timbaland-produced song from the Blueprint 3, Jay-Z recalls the course of relationships. It starts off nice, turns turbulent, and ultimately fails. The song is a good example of Jay-Z's life. It's very heavy on puns, and the wordplay pushes the line between clever and lame. Next song off this playlist is going to be Hate by Jay-Z. It's track number 12 off the Blueprint 3. It features Kanye West, and it was produced by Kanye West, and it was released September 8, 2009. The duet with Kanye West deals with the subject near and dear to both artists. People who are jealous of their success and their money. Hate. Y'all know I got a playlist called Hate. You know, I already delved into that. I got one called Love too, but... This song was definitely on that playlist when I dropped it. Next song off this playlist is going to be Never Forever by Jay-Z. It was track number 15 off the Blueprint 3. It features Mr. Hussey. It was produced by Kanye West and it was released September 8th, 2009. Over a sample of Alphaville's Forever Young, Jay-Z contemplates his place in the rap game and whether or not he'll be around forever in our memories. It is also a play off one of his many aliases, Young, and how he'll be young forever. Next song off this playlist is going to be No Church in the Wild by Jay-Z and Kanye West. It was track number one off the Watch the Throne album. It features The Dream of Frank Ocean, and it was produced by Omas Keith. 
Mike Dean, 88 Keys, and Kanye West, and was released August 8th, 2011. The crazy thing about this song is that it won the award for best rap song collaboration at the 55th Grammy Awards in 2013, but it was a lot of controversial because of its connection to religion and how people were saying, you know, it was based off being kind of like a hypocrite to religion, the gods, and the kings, and the atheists, and the religious folks. But I feel like at that time, we needed something like that, you know, a basis of a song like that. Next song off this playlist is going to be Niggas in Paris by Jay-Z and Kanye West. It was track number three off the Watch the Throne album. It was produced by Anthony Kohlhofer, a hit boy, and it was released September 13, 2011. This song gains thematic weight from the long, rich history of African-Americans in Paris and the rest of France, dating back to the early 19th century. Paris has hysterically been a place where black artists can go to to escape vicious racism and gain the appreciation denied to them in the homeland. So this song was probably as big as any song could ever get at that time, man. Like, it spawned so many people, you know, all over the world being, like, just brave enough to say the N-word and it being played in Paris and all over the world and breaking groundbreaking moves for being the most played song. You know, they brought it back a million times. They shot a video. They... I don't know, man. When this song dropped, I was just like, yo, for them to put the word niggas and the word Paris in one song or one title, and it just had the run that it had, just incredible. Salute to Hit Boy for, you know, doing the production on that, because that took his production worldwide, so as though everybody wanted to work with him after that. Next song off this playlist is going to be Otis by Jay-Z and Kanye West. It's track number four off the Watch the Throne album. It features Otis Redding sample and it was produced by Kanye West and it was released July 20th, 2011. The second single from Watch the Throne, Otis has Yeezy flipping a portion of a classic Otis Redding track into an entire instrumental. He formed the track after his mentor, No ID, presented him with a producing challenge. West incorporates a slow down refrain from Redding's infamous trial of tenderness at the beginning of the track, then chops up and reworks the piano sample before ushering in the heavy bass line and the drums. The production received critical praise for its similarity to his blueprint and college dropout era of soul sampling production. Otis debuted at number 47 on the Billboard Hot 100 chart after a partial week of sales and airplay. It would peak at number two on the chart, and as of September 2014, it has been certified two times platinum by the RIA for over two million single sales. So now that we're in 2022, there's no telling, you know, where its ranking is as far as sales. On July 7, 2011, Otis was one of the tracks previewed by Jay at a private album listening session at the Mercer Hotel. The location of the tracks recording in 2011. Next song off this playlist is going to be Gotta Have It by Jay-Z and Kanye West. It was track number five off the Watch the Throne album. It was produced by the Neptunes and Kanye West and it was released December 6, 2011. A lecture on success, money, and desire to get them both, and how you deal with those who try to take them from you. The song is one of many on Watch the Throne that addresses black-on-black violence and has strong overtones of black empowerment as mirrored in the heavy use of James Brown's samples. Next song off this playlist is going to be Holy Grail by Jay-Z. It was track number one off the Magna Carta Holy Grail album. It features Justin Timberlake. It was produced by Timberland in the Dream. It was released July 4th, 2013. The first track released from Magna Carta Holy Grail deals with the love-hate affair that Jay-Z and Justin Timberlake have with fame. As part of what Hove dubs the new rules. Next song off this playlist is going to be Time 4 by Jay-Z. It was track number three off the Magna Carta Holy Grail album. It was produced by Timberland and J-Rock and it was released July 4th, 2013. The real Time 4 said, I know Jay-Z. He emailed me when he was working on it. He said, oh, you know I've got a song called Time 4, right? And I can't wait for you to hear it. When it came out, I had to go to this thing called Rap Translator or something like that online to translate so I could understand. Time for. Time for. Next song off this playlist is going to be part two on the run by Jay-Z. It was track number 11 off the Magna Carta Holy Grail. It features Beyonce. It was produced by Timberland and J-Rock and was released July 4th, 2013. Released as the third single off of Magna Carta Holy Grail. The record serves as a spiritual sequel to the consumption of their budding relationship, O3 Bonnie and Clyde, released way back in 2002 off the Blueprint. It's a homage to the privacy that has surrounded their relationship from its outset. 
They are fugitives from their clutches of the trapping of fame, the drugs, the ego, and ultimate heartbreak that seems to accompany so many music productions. Its success spawned the incredibly popular on a run tour, which grossed well north of 100 million and was witnessed by almost 1 million people. That's one hell of a tour, ain't it? Next song off this playlist is going to be Kill Jay-Z by Jay-Z. It was track number one off the 444 album. It was produced by No ID and it was released June 30th, 2017. Jay-Z describes the song as a killing of his ego. Throughout the song, he brings up past troubles, many of them highly publicized incidents from recent years, and criticizes how he handled those situations. The stylation of the title is of particular interest. In the weeks leading up to the album, Jay officially changed his stage name from Jay-Z as it appears in the title of the song to Jay-Z. Since the song serves as an intro, it signifies that this album comes from an entirely new persona and perspective that is represented by his new name, meaning it was Jay-Z, no hyphen, to J-Z with the hyphen. Next song off this playlist is going to be 444 by Jay-Z. It was track number five off the 444 album. It was produced by No ID and Jay-Z, and it was released June 30th, 2017. 444 is the title track from Jay-Z's 13th studio album. It is an open love apology letter to his wife, Beyonce, and is the fifth track off 444. In the song, he discusses a bad husband and the possibility of cheating on her. He samples Hannah Williams and Affirmation's Late Nights and Heartbreak, another song concerning infidelity and features vocals by Kim Burrell. The length of the song also referenced the album. The song title is 4 minutes and 44 seconds. How dope is that? Conceptual, conceptual. Next song off this playlist is going to be The Story of OJ by Jay-Z. It was track number two off the 444 album. It was produced by No ID and Jay-Z. Released June 30th, 2017. The song titles refers to OJ Simpson, the former NFL running back who was accused and acquitted of killing his ex wife Nicole Brown Simpson and her friend Ron Goldman. The trial was named the trial of the century due to the massive amount of public attention and scandal related to the celebrity of the accused, as well as the strained relationship between the black community of Los Angeles and the LAPD. The titles also play on the story of oh, a famous French novel written in 1954 about dominance and submission. The song features a sample of the song Four Women by Nina Simone, which tells the story of four black women with different skin tones and the struggles they face. The allusion to Simone's four women in the chorus suggests that regardless of whether one is wealthy or poor, light skin or dark, one's blackness is more relevant marker in a racist society. Producer No ID juxtaposes three separate elements of Nina Simone's four women to create the haunting beat. Lifting the repeating piano riff from the track's opening, as well as taking vocals from the start of the first and second verses, respectfully. The sample provides more than just a sonic bass for the track. It helps establish the themes that run throughout, placing Jay's racially charged observations as another entry into the long history of damaging American stereotypes. This is like incredibly, like if you never knew this, I'm giving you the insight how the song came together and how Jay-Z and YD came up with the idea and the concept and where they got the samples from. You gotta know your history. Do your Googles, research. If you love these songs, research these songs, dig into these songs, so that way you get a better feel and a better love for these songs. Next song off this playlist is gonna be Family Feud by Jay-Z. It was track number six off the 444 album. It features Beyonce, it was produced by No ID and Jay-Z, and it was released June 30th, 2017. This track is about the separation in the hip hop culture and community. Jay-Z is witnessing new rappers disrespecting their old heads while old school artists and fans misunderstand new generations. Family Feud stands as Jay's call for all rappers and fans to put aside their differences and come together for the good of the culture culture of hip-hop music old young new legends up-and-comers everybody just gotta keep that family together because if we don't the outsiders are going to take it away from us we can't allow that to happen next song off this playlist is going to be bam by jay-z it was track number seven off the 444 album it features damian marley it was produced by no id and it was released june 30th 2017 in contrast to Kill Jay-Z, which features Jay seeking to kill his ego, Bam finds acknowledging its importance to his success. The Patois word that gives the song its title is generally used as an interjection for a sudden happening. Though the phrase Bam Bam usually refers to a contentious situation or an exciting event, among other things. So Jay got into his reggae bag with this one, you know. We love to see it, you know, we love to see Jay try different elements, you know, him being so 
what we call mature on this album or you know speaking that grown man talk on this album we love to see him play with different elements and different sounds him and Damien really did their thing with this they shot a video for it and everything you know so next song off this playlist is going to be Legacy by Jay-Z it was track number 10 off the 444 album it was produced by No ID and it was released June 30th 2017 the song is an upbeat track which discusses the legacy for the Carla family name. It goes on to discuss members of the family and what they have done in the family name and how Jay has worked to get where he was. Legacy, legacy, legacy. You know, his daughter Blue Ivy, his younger kids. You know, this is just putting it all in perspective of him and Beyonce continuing their legacy for the Carter name and branching off into different endeavors as far as business, as far as fame, as far as family, as far as structure. You know, so I want everybody to really, really dive into this playlist, give you a lot of insight into a lot of these songs and the production behind these songs that a lot of people didn't know about. And this is how I listen to Hov. This is the way I listen to Jay-Z. This is why I put this together. This was actually about 60 songs over, four hours of music. So if you get a chance, go back and listen to this playlist and then come back and watch this episode. And you'll get a better insight, a better feel. And hopefully it gets into you emotionally. In certain segments and certain parts of this episode, you see me repeating the same date because that was the time that the actual album came out, not when the single dropped. So I may have said the same thing a few times, but that was just me reading off the ideas of me pulling up the information online. But this is your boy Matimedia of Matimedia.com, joinproud.com, playlist of life. This is how I listen to whole. So you know what's next. Let's get into my Matsy says. Damn, man. I couldn't wait for this to happen. After putting out 19 playlists and feeling incomplete because I couldn't put a full Jay-Z song on any of them, was I really doing my due diligence as a curator of hip-hop music? I mean, I would get the feature verses from other artists' songs, but it's nothing like having a whole song in the playlist. When the OG turned 50 and gave Spotify the green light to stream his catalog, I had to jump on this quick. I hope y'all enjoyed this. And basically what I'm saying, there was a time when Jay put all this his music off all the streaming platforms because he wanted to have it based on his own streaming platform title. And when he turned 50, he was like, you know what? As a celebration for me turning 50, I'm going to put it back on these other streaming platforms. And, you know, Spotify is the one that I'm working with. And that's just like the perfect time for me to put this playlist together. You know, I dropped this back in 2019. This is 2022. There's so many new songs, so many Jay-Z verses that I could have put on this, but I wanted to show you from that time frame, from when Reason and Doubt came out, to 444 came out. This is how I listen to Hove. Hope you guys enjoyed it. This is episode 20. Got seven more episodes to do before I start working on a new playlist. But I just wanted to make sure I get this one to you. Hope you guys enjoyed it. This is your boy Matsy Mita at MatsyMita.com, jointhecrowd.com, playlist of life. Until we meet again. Jointhecrowd.com.